I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill, and with me, as always, is Rusty Mansell. Rusty, what you got going on this Thursday afternoon? Oh, I guess we survived another round of storms, and uh, every day it gets a little bit warmer, man. I, I have, for whatever reason, I'm kind of I like all the seasons in the, in the state of Georgia, but man, I am ready for some warm weather and and a little bit of sunshine. It's been seems to me like it's been a really rainy last couple of months, and I'm ready for some some spring practice in Georgia and some good weather, man. Masters next week. That kind of that kind of gets you. That kind of gets you going a bit when the Masters are around, because you know when those dogwoods are blooming and all that, you know it is time. Oh yeah, the countdown's on. It'll be here before we know it. Well, we've talked a lot about spring practice, and we're in the midst of it again. Uh, we'll actually, after we record the podcast, I'll be out there at practice once again to kind of get a lay of the land. And I think, yeah, go ahead, Rusty. How about that, Kirby Smart twice in one spring? I know. I figured it might have been a spam email or something. Somebody asking for some money or something. But that man's getting soft in his old age. <laughs> but uh, you know, the the thing I think we need to start the podcast with is something that's kind of been surprising, but it's sort of been the talk of over the last week. You know, coming in, it seemed like that Georgia wasn't really going to have a quarterback competition. Obviously, Stetson Bennett coming back for another year. But all indications are that we've seen several different quarterbacks getting reps. You know, Rusty, what's sort of your take on on what you've heard, what you know, and, and maybe even what we can expect in the next few days and, and even the, you know, the next few weeks that remain until G-Day? Well, I kind of anticipated a quarterback competition, but for the number two spot. Um, I felt like Stetson Bennett, like you, Jordan, was firmly entrenched as the guy. I mean, returning starter on a national championship team. But, you know, we kind of – you have to be real careful when talking about quarterbacks at the University of Georgia because that is a topic that has been a hot topic for many, many years, going back probably to 2016 with Jacob Eason and you know Jake Fromm going into that season. It's been one of those deals. But, you know, I think one practice we both kind of talked to some people, and Carson Beck got the majority of the ones one day, I guess about two weeks ago, maybe on a Thursday. And then all of a sudden on a Saturday – Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff were still getting the ones and twos, and Stetson Bennett uh, was kind of working threes and twos. And then, uh, obviously, a lot of high school coaches in town, so there's going to be a lot of information that kind of got out last week. And then you go back to last Thursday, and Carson Beck, again, was taking the number one reps with Brock Vandergriff getting the majority of the other one reps. So you kind of fast forward into Saturday, and uh, it looks like all three of them got some reps, but again, it sounds like Carson Beck got the majority of the ones. I heard Brock Vandergriff had a really, really good practice Saturday, especially in the red zone uh, with, with the opportunities that he got. So then you go to what was what Tuesday's practice, and I think uh, Brock Vandergriff, Carson Beck, and Stetson Bennett all had a little bit with a one. So as we go in there today, Jordan, you'll have a little better update of what you're seeing, but 
you know, I can understand one to two practices in the spring where you bring another guy in to get some reps and get some time with ones. But, you know, this is starting to be a little bit of, uh, you know, everyday thing. We start seeing Carson Beck with more reps with the ones, uh, Brock Vandergriff getting more shares there. So, you know, I, we've got to be honest and kind of report what we hear. So I think this thing is a little more open than I thought. Now, obviously Stetson Bennett has the confidence of that coaching staff when a game is on the line. So there's that, but uh, Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, but we continue to hear that these other guys are getting what I would call extended looks in the spring. Normally don't see this much uh, over. So I'll be very interested in what you report tonight on dollars two, four, seven, on what you see this afternoon. Yeah, I got a feeling there's going to be a, a a whole group of reporters just watching the quarterbacks today because that's one of the things that's really been interesting. And yep. I think it's kind of caught a lot of us by surprise, not only from the fact that Stetson obviously came back, you know, he did what he did last year, helped Georgia win the national title. But, you know, early on in spring, we get Stetson. They get a chance to talk to Stetson, ask him questions. And generally, even if there's – the idea that there might be a competition you know most teams are not going to put those quarterbacks out there they don't want you know the different quarterbacks sort of talking and and sort of kind of giving a, a lay of the land at the position uh, but i mean it seems like based on what you know we've heard and rusty you explained it just then you know i think they're giving everybody a, a real opportunity and i think it's a situation where you know based on what stetson said uh, when we talked to him i guess that was a couple of weeks ago now you know, the the fact that he knew, you know, that it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to start again. Obviously that, you know, he has confidence in himself. He talked a lot about, you know, the value of having these extra reps, you know, the value of the end of last year having those first team reps with some of these guys, especially the guys that are coming back. But, I mean, he flat out said, you know, whoever's the best player is going to play. And, you know, at the time I was like, you know, that's kind of coach speak. That's kind of, well, yeah, he's going to say that. Well, I mean, I think that we're seeing that play out, and uh, I think it's going to be something to watch. I think, and, and Russ, you can kind of give me your take on this too. I feel like G Day is really where we're going to see, you know, what this actually looks like. Did this amount to, you know, giving younger guys some reps with those ones just to see sort of where they are, or do, do we get into G Day and see some of those guys, maybe a Carson Beck, you know, play a lot with the ones? You know, I feel like for me. We'll learn a lot from what we get to see in practice. Again, we'll get to see some today. Who knows? You know, we might get to see a few more sessions mm -hmm. by the time G-Day gets here. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, what's really going to be interesting is when we get to G-Day and sort of, you know, what the alignment and what sort of the order the quarterbacks look like. And I agree with there. And one thing I'll say about Stetson Bennett, it, it seems like there's been a million times they've tried to replace him. They've tried to put somebody else there. I mean, this guy, they basically told him last August, in a meeting, look, you're not going to play for us. And and next thing you know, the guy wins a national championship as a starting quarterback at Georgia. So uh, every time the chips have been kind of stacked against Stetson Bennett, uh, he has answered the call, uh, especially with the coaching staff. The other one makes the decisions. Uh, and so I, I think that got to be real careful here, but I am, I, I, I'm, I will go on the record and say that this position this spring seems a lot more open than I initially thought it would be. And sounds like Carson Beck specifically is making the most of his opportunity. But kind of as I noted on the junkyard this week, I think Brock Vandergrift's had about three really good practices in a row. And I talked to a bunch of high school coaches uh, after Saturday. And, man, Brock Vandergrift was the talk of that practice. 
And he's a little different than anything they have in the room. I think if you lined him up, you see Carson Beck's this big kid, uh, you know, big arm kid, not as athletic as Brock Vandergriff is, but Carson Beck, uh, he can flat out spin it now. So you've got a big arm, but Brock is a little bit different than everybody else where he's more of that true dual threat. He can hurt you with his legs. I think when people see Brock for the first time, they realize how big he is as well. So if you're Georgia, you kind of want to see this competition. You want to see these young guys, Gunner, Gunner Stockton, you know, let's be fair to him. He is a true freshman. He is just trying to call the play right now and not mess up, put somebody in motion. He's in the exact same spot that Brock Vandergriff was this time last year. So uh, we'll see where Gunner, how he progresses. So I, I will, I'm sure we'll get a question on him. But, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm very interested in what you see today, what we hear Saturday will be a really, really important scrimmage uh, to kind of gauge where everything is. And I'm sure that we'll, we will have a, a good recap and what we hear. So at that point, I think we will have an idea of kind of where this thing truly is. Because when those scrimmages is in the stadium, it's something those coaches covet with that tape, being able to see this quarterback with this personnel grouping, how it goes, those types of things. I think after the scrimmage on Saturday, what we hear, will kind of tell us, uh, you know, what, how things are going. For sure. You know, I came into the spring figuring we weren't going to talk a lot about Stetson, and we have, and now all of a sudden we're talking about his brother. Luke Bennett is going to walk on at Georgia, yeah. too. So we're just the, – the Bennett stories are just continuing to come on. Yep, yep, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about what else has been going on so far this spring. You know, some of the things uh, kind of looking back uh, to when we had a chance to watch practice, you know, offensive line was something that has been really interesting to see. You know, saw Xavier Truss when uh, when we were out there and had our viewing period. He was running with the first team left guard. And uh, I was really intrigued listening to Xavier the other day when we got a chance to talk to him. You know, he talked about how much growth he feels like he's made. Uh, since he started at tackle in that Cincinnati game, that Peach Bowl a few years ago, you know, he said that he feels like, you know, his strength, uh, his technique has improved so much since then. He said, heck, you know, he admitted he was like, I think I was about 10 or 15 pounds overweight playing in that game. Um, and, you know, he was really open talking about the transition from tackle to guard, you know, what he had to learn. He had never played guard before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for, he said, you know, he wasn't used to, you know, he's used to kind of playing up high, you know, at tackle and said had to kind of adjust to that. But was really, you know, pleased with what he had to say, was really intrigued to see how he kind of filters in and, and how we see this line, you know, going forward. There's other guys. Uh, Devin Willick is another guy that I know a lot of people are excited about. Amarius Mims, obviously. Uh, I think we saw on social media he might have been in a, in a non-contact jersey at one point in the last week or so. Um, but a lot to talk about with the line and, and something, again, We'll be watching the quarterbacks, but I'll be really interested in that line as well uh, a little bit later this afternoon. Yeah, you got to see how they're going to get the best five. I mean, let's be obvious, obvious about that, starting with Sam Pittman and what he left at Georgia. And then Matt Luke comes in, signs, you know, finishes off a class and then signs another class. So there's some big body guys in there. They're deep. They're going to have to try to get to that five, uh, six guys. Very confident in Cedric Van Pran, Broderick Jones, those guys. Uh, you know, Broderick Jones left tackle, Van Pran at center. Uh, you know, the question is Tate Ratledge. Where's Tate Ratledge going to fit in? Uh, Warren McClendon, right tackle. I can't tell you how many games he started, so he's going to be the guy there. Kind of, It's kind of where are you going to fit in these next group of guys, and how does that play out? You know, Michael Morris, Dylan Fairchild, Willick, Trust, all these guys, 
Uh, I think it kind of kind of depends on. And here's the, the the one buzz is Ernest Green, the true freshman out of California. And this is a guy that that I definitely think is a guard, but he impressed me at tackle uh, at the All American game. Got one comment there from Lewis Gossett. I want to be make sure that we're on the same page. Uh, he said Stetson is a dual threat. Stetson is a dual threat. What I mean by different is Sprott Vandergrift is six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds dual threat with a cannon arm. So he's different. The, the, the whole package of Brock Vandergrill uh, is kind of different. Everybody else in the room, I mean that. But definitely Stetson Ben is a dual threat. He would definitely hurts you with his legs. Uh, and that's been a big part of his game. So uh, but getting back to the offensive line is one of those deals where, you know, they got to manage that room. They got to get their best players there. And it's going to be interesting because that is a very, very deep room. And, you know, we don't talk about it much, but that transfer portal is – you know, that's where you want to kind of watch at the end of spring practice. If anybody leaves uh, in, a, in a position like that, that's the one you want to kind of keep an eye on. Um, everybody has to leave by May the 1st. You cannot leave and go to an SEC school now. If you do, you got to sit out. So if you were to leave Georgia, you got to go somewhere outside of the conference. So uh, we'll see how that plays out, how this thing goes. But right now, Georgia's in a really good spot. But uh, Stacey Searles has got to figure out his best five, six, seven, eight guys. Uh, going into summer camp. Talk about a few of the other things that we've kind of seen and, and gotten to hear. I, we had a chance on Tuesday to talk to William Poole, who, you know, I thought was a really interesting story, especially getting to hear sort of his perspective. Guy that, you know, was ineligible to start last year. Yep. Talk, you know, was very candid. I mean, said, you know, I had to step up off the field basically so I could step up on it. And, you know, kind of bided his time. He was a senior that, you know, I looked at the numbers. He had played in maybe like, 22 games of a possible 53 while he had been at Georgia. So, you know, he had played in spot roles. I think he started against Middle Tennessee one year. Uh, but late in the year, he got called on, kind of thrown into the fire in that SEC championship game against Alabama and struggled. You know, yeah, had some came, came after him. Yep. Yeah. And had some real issues. And, and he talked about the fact that nobody lost confidence in him. He said, there was no conversations with the coaches as in, you know, hey, your job's on the line after this. He said teammates had his back. Then played really well in the national title game. He had four tackles, two pass breakups, one of them that uh, he talked about after the fact. He got in on a third and 12, about seven minutes left in the game. Huge breaks play. it up. Huge play. Forces Alabama to punt, and Georgia gets the ball and winds up going down and scoring. And you go back and watch the video, and he talked about it. He said, man, I came up and I, I, I just screamed after he made the play. Because you just think about, you know, for a guy like that, and he yep. talked about, too, you know, I was recruited by Mark Rick. I grew up a Georgia fan. You know, I have to imagine those last few years were really frustrating. I mean, that, you know, yeah. Yeah, William Poole is not a burner. And Bama went after him in that first game. And Georgia played him because he was better, bigger, longer body and run support. And he had problems with Slade Bolden. And if you go back to the national championship game, the first third down, they went right to Slade Bolden on William Poole. And I thought, man, here we go again. I mean, they're going to, when they need eight, they're going to get eight. And I'll tell you this, William Poole played a unbelievable game in that national championship. And you go back and you look at that third and 12 on the route recognition, the play that he made as far as he jumped that route, come underneath him and batted that ball down. And it was really that play that kind of knocked. I know Keely Ringo had a, the knockout blow, but that was the one that really, really changed the game as far as, hey, Georgia's, Georgia's got a really good chance of winning this thing because they got the ball back and they drove right down the field and scored. So that play in particular, just, just 
from a football guy perspective, everything that went into that play tells you the confidence he had and what he was seeing, what he knew was about to come because, I mean, he's not going to cover Slade Bolden a, a ton of times one-on-one like that's tough to deal with, you know, a, a slot receiver twitchy as he is. But, man, just that's film study, being prepared. And when your team needed you the most, William Poole stepped up. Hell of a play by that young man. Absolutely. And it was just really good to sort of hear his perspective again after everything he had kind of gone through. And he talked about, he was like, you know, I'm coming in with super confidence this year coming off of that, having sure. played like that. He yep. said, you know, it was a no brainer for me to come back. Basically, he wants to build off of, you know, the the success he had down the stretch of the year, especially in that championship game. Uh, and that, you know, sort of to the point you just made, it's been really interesting over like the last two weeks to not only hear from William, but also, you know, we talked to Marcus Rosemi, uh, Jack Saint, and he talked about the block he made that sprung Brock Bowers touchdown. Yep. It's, been, it's been really interesting to me. You know, obviously it takes so many different plays in a game to win or lose a game, but to get the perspective on, you know, not, you know, we talked to Keely Ringo, but we're not talking about the pick six. We're talking about a pass breakup. We're talking about, you know, not the guy that scored the 15 yard touchdown that kind of put Georgia over the top talking about the guy that made the block and uh you know it's just been really interesting to hear the perspective of those guys and you know how they're preparing to come back from that obviously um going back to William Poole he talked about the fact that hey you know last year was different but but we want to come back and do more but uh, it's been really interesting just to hear perspective from those guys who did all the little things that obviously added up in a big way for Georgia in January yeah I mean and Kirby Smart Everybody I've talked to around this coaching-wise and things, the biggest thing that Kirby Smart can show you is what exactly what you're talking about. That block on the edge that springs Bowers, I mean, uh, the play-by-pull. I mean, it takes every single play to to win a game like that, and everything matters. Every little detail matters. So, you know, and Kirby Smart can say all those running bleachers and everything we've done, um, everything that we have done is what it takes to win a national championship. So. He's got that. They've got that proof now. Uh, when those kids get a ring, they'll know what went through, what they went through. Uh, and, and he can show, hey, this is what it takes to win. That's the most invaluable thing is the little details it takes to win a game like that. They don't call it a game of inches for nothing. But, uh, hey, we'll take a quick break real quick. And then uh, after that, we'll come back, talk a little bit more about spring, talk about some of the people that have been standing out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, we've had a lot of different uh, different opportunities to talk to players, got to hear from, you know, uh, and hear about some of their teammates. And and I'll throw to you in a second here, Rusty. One guy that I just noticed somebody in the comments mentioned, Dominic Blaylock. He's a guy we're going to get a chance to talk to later tonight. So I would encourage everybody to kind of follow along on, on Twitter. I'll be sure and, and write a story and kind of share uh, how he's looking because that's a guy that, you know, has been through a lot. I mean, for him to have this chance, and to step in, you know, coming back, uh, coming off of uh, the situation where Georgia's depth is so thin at receiver. I think Kirby said this is the thinnest it's been there and defensive back in like seven years. Uh, Dominic's a guy that I'm really interested to see, you know, what he's able to do. Uh, some of his teammates at receiver have said he's looked really good. I think it was Marcus uh, Rosemi Jack Saint said that, you know, the knee looked good. Uh, but it'll be a good chance to kind of get a chance to to hear his perspective, what it's been like coming through these knee injuries and, and how he's feeling. Because if he's able to come back, I think that he could, you know, play a, a pretty important role for this passing game this year. Dominic, great kid. Um, you know, if I ever write a book, it'll be, I'll have a piece in there about him. The young man called me one Sunday morning and said, Hey, I'm ready to commit. And it was about two years before his signing class. I said, Dominic, uh, Okay. And he goes, can we shoot a video or take some pictures? I said, sure. When do you want to do it? He said today. So I happened to be in the Atlanta area. I drove by his house. I took some pictures. We did a story. We put it out and he never took another visit. I don't know if he ever did another interview. Like he was done and told Auburn, Florida, Ohio state, everyone don't call me again. Thank you so much. Uh, I I'm done and stay committed to Georgia for two years and, and uh, was, is really a young man. I got to know uh, through over, over the years with his family and he, his younger half brother, Ashton Woods um, is, is a 2024 prospect linebacker at a Walton high school, just picked up Tennessee, um, Georgia tech. He's a linebacker. So I know Dom's uh, proud of his younger brother and uh, we'll see where he goes as far as a six, three, 210 pound linebacker. So I think he's a neck, he's the next one. Uh, it's got that Blaylock blood in him, so we'll we'll see where Ashton goes. But Dom's a great kid. Um, you could ask a hundred players about Dominic Blaylock, and one hundred would not have one bad word to say about him. Well, I throw it to you, Rusty, a guy that you've talked about. Really, I mean, I think it's going on a few months now. Eric Gilbert. Uh, you know, it seems like he continues to impress. Just give us the latest on what you've been hearing, and and sort of what we can expect as you know spring practice goes along. Well, we could spend the rest of the day talking about Eric Gilbert, but the, the best news is that Eric Gilbert is back being a football player. Uh, he is day-to-day. -day, sounds like he is where he needs to be and, uh, you know, took some time away, obviously, basically the whole the whole football season and 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 got some treatment for some things and, and took care of himself. And, you know, I've never covered one like him, not in the state of Georgia. I mean, this kid was in high school now with 6'5", 250, and, uh, you know, he ran like a, a wide receiver. and. You know, just ball skills, tremendous ball skills. Know his mother, Akiba, well. Uh, mother's a, a teacher in the Marietta school system. And, you know, Eric is ultra talented. But but he he had to get some things figured out when he came to University of Georgia. And it sounds like right now, Jordan, that, that things are figured out. I had a, a friend that went to practice. And he's a Georgia fan. But, it, you know, he's not, not the day-to-day -day guy. I went to the law enforcement practice. And uh, he called me on the way home. And he, and I said, what'd you see? He said, who is number 14? And I said, at what position? He said, the wide receiver that looks like an offensive tackle that is killing folks. And I said, that would be Eric Gilbert. And he said, man, he catches everything. They can't guard him. And uh, from what I was told, he weighed around 265, 266 this week, probably down 
about 25 pounds from where he was in January already. And Eric Gilbert is a guy that, that um, you want to talk about some 13 personnel, Fago, Darnell Williams, Brock Bowers, and Eric Gilbert, that's going to be a handful for any team to match up with uh, when they do have that package. But the best news is it sounds like Eric Gilbert is day-to-day being a college student, college athlete, is in the right mind frame. But I have zero hesitation about his athletic ability, his ball skills, and, and where he is because I'm telling you right now, if Eric Gilbert can can be who I've known Eric Gilbert since eighth grade, he is a very, very high NFL draft pick uh, potential. I mean, this guy is different than – I mean, he's different now. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I've seen one looks like him that could run like that and with the ball skills. He is such a matchup. Uh, one person told me last week, you know, those DBs tried to hang all over him, and they just can't get around him. He's so big, so much wingspan, natural hands, just snatches a ball polished route runner, uh, playing tight end, obviously spring can block. I mean, this guy, this guy's got everything. So I know Todd Hartley is probably pinching himself on what have I done to deserve this room right now? I hope he takes a picture of a group picture one day, because that's one you want to look back at your career and go, Hey, I had Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert all at one time in a room. So Georgia fans are going to be excited to see him on G day. I can promise you that. I got a feeling some SEC defensive coordinators are going to need some headache powder or something this fall. Yeah, Cause yeah. I, I can't even imagine trying to guard, try to guard one of those guys. Like you said, yeah, if you get yeah. two or three guys out there, it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, the thing about it, you know, obviously they're going to run this play at some time, but you know, you go that trip set and you put Darnell and Eric Gilbert in front of Brock Bowers and throw the ball. Brock Bowers is so fast. You saw him take two to the house this year and outrun people with an angle. And you got big body guys out there. You got a six eight guy. You got a six six a six five and a half guy in Eric Gilbert that are you got to you got to play them man up because they can beat you with you know route running stuff like that. It's 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 a problem. Uh, and, and then you throw in a guy that's got an extra gear and brought, but Brad Bowers probably two hundred thirty pounds. But man, he has got a gear and he is so strong in his trunk and low legs. He just runs through tackles. Rusty, we mentioned that I'll be going to practice. We'll have about a 20-minute period uh, this afternoon. What are some of the things other than like quarterback that we hit on that you kind of are interested in hearing about or even looking ahead to Saturday, uh, what we want to hear coming out of the scrimmage? I think D-line. You look at the D-line, you know, you got guys like MJ Sherman, uh, Nazir Stackhouse, you know, uh, you know, where, how are they, how is that rotation there? Because, you know, you've got really good players and they got some really good young guys, but they're, they're replacing one of the top front sevens in the history of college football. When this draft is over with, um, I mean, it, it's going to be one of the highest rated groups of the front seven guys that it's ever played college football. So, uh, you know, who are those, who, how are they replacing those guys? And it's unfair to say, Hey, I'm going to be that guy, you know, uh, you look at Roquan Smith, who was a top 10 pick. I'm, I'm very careful if I ever, you know, say, hey, this guy's the next Roquan because it doesn't happen. You know, that just a top 10 middle linebacker. It just doesn't happen. N'Kobe Dean, really good player. He's not going to go as high as Roquan. Uh, Roquan did, obviously, so, but he was still a hell of a football player at Georgia. I think that's what people got to realize. Just because you're not a Trayvon Walker who might be a top five pick, potentially maybe number one, doesn't mean you won't be a really good college player. So, I'm interested in the new guys, but MJ Sherman's a guy that I've known for a long time. I'm, I'm interested to see what he does uh, at that position outside linebacker uh, coming off the edge. You know, he went through an ACL in high school. He's had to wait his turn. There's some really talented players 
And uh, I want to see what MJ Sherman can do, a uh, young man out of Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, there'll be a lot to watch. Uh, obviously, I'll be uh, glued in there with the quarterbacks. Interested to see at linebacker. I mean, with C.J. Washington getting hurt last week, uh, you know, we, we've heard a lot about Pop, about Jamon Dumas-Johnson. I want to see some of the guys around him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, outside, you've got guys like Nolan Smith and Robert Bill. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to to kind of look at inside and, and see what it kind of looks like. And, and I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll say one thing, Jordan, before we wrap this up. I know we're about to get off here. Everybody I've talked to, and I had a bunch of people at practice over multiple days, the one person that every single one of them from different circles says who is the true alpha of this team, it's Nolan Smith. Everything goes through his energy, offense, defense. He'll crawl a player. Um, I mean, he is the alpha right now, and he should be. He is the guy. You talking about a clear leader on that football team right now? It's Nolan Smith. Yeah, no surprise. Obviously, when he decided to come back, I think everybody recognized that that was going to be huge for Georgia to get him back. Obviously, he's expecting uh, to have a big season, and it looks like he's he's coming up and, and getting ready for that leadership role. Um, well, Rusty, before we wrap this thing up, is there anything else as far as spring or recruiting or anything we haven't hit on that uh, we want to throw in there before we get before we get ready to go back over there to Buttsmere? I guess I could say uh, the Arch Manning update. Uh, yeah. Had, had Texas visit. You know, that obviously went well. He has an Alabama visit this weekend. Now, now I want to let that wear off a couple of days. I always like to visit high to wear off, try to make calls. So, you know, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, this thing's in there. The biggest thing I think that everyone is trying to figure out is when is he trying to make a decision? And I can tell you, nobody knows. So, um, but I'm always mentioning this, that Georgia – He's going to be in this thing until that very last minute he makes a decision. Uh, that's a school that he likes, family likes, uh, like Athens. Texas, obviously, a monster brand. Um, they had a good weekend with their family. He's going to go to Alabama this weekend, and we'll see what we're hearing uh, after after that visit, kind of update next week again. I'm sure that Rusty will be all over it. We'll have all kinds of content from that. We'll have all kinds of content later today coming from practice and getting a chance to talk to some more players. Uh, well, we're going to wrap it up right there. Rusty, thanks as always for taking the time. Thanks for everybody for watching, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll get out of here on that. And until next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.